0: everybody, welcome to episode 55 of EFP. Today we have one of our long form interviews with one of my favorite people over from the Cypher Unlimited channel. If you're not following them and you are a fan of the Cypher system from Monty Cook Games, this is the community for you. But without further ado, let's sit down and talk with my friend, Alpha Dean. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Eric Frankhouse Presents Episode 54, another one of our deep dive interviews. I love doing these. I cannot wait to talk to the man I have on the show today. He is a he's become a really good friend of mine over the last couple of years, um, specifically in the tabletop genre this week. And without further ado, Alpha Dean, why don't you give us just a short on who you are and where you're from and what you're doing? Hey, they call
1: me Alpha Dean or Dean, you know, whichever one makes you feel happy. And um, I'm one third of the Cypher Unlimited crew. Um, We founded uh, the largest Cypher system community, you know, non-sanctioned online today. Um, I write, I design, I talk massive amounts of shit because I'm an opinionated bastard. So... That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, me and Eric get along because we're a couple of opinionated bastards
0: who get along. I mean, I might be I might be a little opinionated. Just a little, a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> so I met you guys at Gen Con, I think it's been two years ago now. Randomly reached out as someone who was uh, doing asset stuff for Cypher and then... Found the Discord and really wanted to be a part of what you guys were doing. It's crazy, and I talked to Anthony or Spigs about this in the the podcast that we now have to re-record. Uh, you guys are hitting almost four k now. That's a lot of yeah. people in a Discord community. A lot. Yeah, it is, and it know, and it uh, can be. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Fucking trying. <laughs> yes, it's funny. Since we've
1: hit 3,000 members, we've started to get those people that, you know, want to, yeah, that, you know, they they want to argue, they want to, you know, try to uh, game the system, if you will, and not understanding Cypher is not one of those type systems.
0: No, no, it's not at all. It's nowhere near that kind of system. It's, it's very freeform. And I think when we go into our process part in segment three, we'll, we'll definitely dive in. But the way we start the show, I like to start it off. It's not light, but it is definitely topical. Um, our first segment is always Game Bites. It's the idea of talking about news that is out there right now. And we have the one I picked and the one you picked. And being the guest, let's start with yours.
1: All right, so Supers and Sorcery just was released on Drive RPG. It was a Kickstarter that was done earlier this year, I think in uh, June, June-ish. Uh, and it was all about basically playing fantasy version of a superheroes game using a 5e mechanic. So it's literally a super superheroes in a fantasy realm. All the character classes have been punched up as if they're
0: superheroes, as opposed to your typical class. How in the f- how in the fuck does that how does that work? Like, if superheroes are in fantasy, is there even a challenge anymore? Well, there is because you got to
1: remember you, your villains are also superheroic. They're oh. not just you're not you're not just facing off against dragons and you know your typical undead. You're facing off. You know, of you're basically facing off the the fantasy version of Doctor Doom, or the fantasy version, you know, of of, of Darkseid, so it's really it's really kind of wild, but it works.
0: It it really kind of works. How are they? How are they handling power levels? Like, what are they doing to make you super heroic in a fantasy setting? Like, normally fantasy is going to be your magic, your sorcerers, your wizards, your your divine casters, and typical fantasy. What are they going to do to actually make you feel like a superhero and not just a spellcaster? Like, how the fuck does that work? Well,
1: prime example, they actually added a new class called an archon. Archons have Archons have access to this, to, to this primordial energy. You know, I guess you could call it something akin to magic, but it's the way they process it and the way they direct it and use it. So an Archon can be in the midst of the game, and he's basically like a support character. He does things like, for example, okay, so let's just say you have the party being overwhelmed by a horde of undead from Golgoth, you know, Golgoth the Dark, and the Dunedater coming, you know, he'll launch himself up into the air and release, you know, because he can only do it a certain number of times a day, or a certain number of times in a period, but he releases his arc wave. When his arc wave wipes out, you know, the archer, he might be standing there, but he'll, he'll split into three different people, you know, and shooting, you know, torrents of arrows. Then the, the fighter, you know, he'll grow you know, uh, he'll grow in size like the Hulk, you know, and smash. You know, So it's stuff like that that they have built in. But then, like, the classes themselves have those modifications kind of built in, too, where, um, you know, starting out the gate, it's not zero to hero, like in most D&D games. Are you starting, like, street level? Yeah, you you kind of start like a street level hero, and then as you move on up you know you you go from your street level to your mid-tier to your you know world class to your you know cosmic heavies sure so it's 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 really kind of it's a very interesting and the really cool thing about it it has a it has a adolescent element to it so it's very easy that you could very easily play with
0: kids. Does this have like... You know, no, wait, could, wait, wait, wait. This isn't like unmasked, is not Isn't? I'm sorry, but it's not no, like No, that no, that no, 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 no,
1: no, no, no. It's not an unmasked thing at all. Okay. When like I say you could play with kids, I'm saying you can bring your smaller children in and get them to play oh. and start them out. That's what I'm saying when you play with kids. Or you can just, you know, kind of brush over that element and, you know, truly bring it to that that grit gritty level that you want you know for your adults for your superhero game. Does, adults, does this yeah.
0: uh does this come with uh one does it have a setting included because i didn't see this kickstarter like i didn't know about it till we talked the other day does it come with a setting that's number one number two yes. is there new rules that they've instituted to make it feel like superhero? so for example pathfinder old version we got mythic right that was the way that they made you feel better and you could add those mythic tiers right in the beginning of the game and just make yourself feel mythic But for superheroes, it's a different genre. And you and I have talked about this a lot, especially with what Cypher is doing right now and just superheroes in general. What are they doing to make you feel like a superhero? Like, are you able to flex your powers? For example, let's take a basic class. Is fighter still a fighter?
1: Yes, but no.
0: So what did they add to make you feel a superhero?
1: Well, here, I'll I'll, uh, I'll pull it up and I'll just kind of, you know, throw it throw it out there should have had this open before we started i apologize No, that's all right but it um but like for example like i was saying with uh with the fighter um it's uh no longer like i said no longer zero to hero right so uh Come on, open up, damn it.
0: But do they have like, I guess to me, what I'm looking at while you're you're pulling this up is is as a superhero. And I guess my example I always use is the human torch. Having the ability to be a person of fire is great. But the ways that they flex the powers of superheroes is what I feel isn't portrayed properly in in superhero games. So when I shoot a burst of fire and it hits somebody, but I really put effort, or uh, I say effort because I'm speaking cypher to you, but (laughs) when I really put uh, extra oomph into it and I split it and hit two people, or I do a huge burning hands version of if it's fantasy, or if I light myself into inferno and explode, but it tires myself out, do they have these story beats that are so ingrained in comic culture like did they hit that because i don't see five well, e being able to do that
1: well here here here's the idea um because like i said it's built on the 5e skeleton right mm-hmm. so fighter or the super you know they you know beginning at third level if you choose this archetype you get advantage on strength checks um, once a turn, you can add a bonus damage equal to your strength modifier. When you hit with a weapon attack against creatures, you're grappling, things like that. Seventh level, you get supervision. Tenth level, you get super speed. Fifteenth level, you get flight. So they're literally building the fighter as like Superman. Right. You know, or, or you can turn around and, you know, you can go uh, way of the steel strike. So now you want to be Iron Fist. You know, they've got these type things built right in for... For you to see that, hmm. you know, um, for example, you know, they talk about um, you wanted to be like the kid with the golden arm, mm-hmm. you know, starting at third level, you choose a tradition, you know, and get an artificial limb that attunes to you when you activate it, you know, so, you know, you get uh, all of these little things like, you know, you can... Uh, if it's not in perfect repair, you know, you can get disadvantages on attacks and so on and so forth. But if everything is right, then, you know um, It enhances your flurry of blows it will um, You you can add your strength and dexterity modifiers, you know, to to do damage and things like that So they I think they thought it out pretty good that's well, someone who's it's just,
0: designed. I mean, you did your own superhero stuff for Cipher System, and I, I don't know how much time you've had with it. It sounds like you just got the PDF from when we were talking last. Like you just got yeah. it. I don't feel that the mechanics of Five E lend well to superheroes, so I'm really kind of curious to see. I'm sorry, but advantage and disadvantage is a crutch. What are you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna combine three advantage and Voltron in the words of Satine Phoenix and like Voltron into something better? Like how are they? Right now, I didn't hear anything. That made me think superhero. I guess the character building like they have to keep levels to be five e. They have to keep right. classes to stay five e. Feats were not important in five e. Really, they're actually technically speaking, feats are an option. You don't even have to play with them. So I'm assuming they're gonna bring right. feats into the game, and then. Fantasy setting. I guess we should dive into that. You know, OK, so it sounds like they're they're making the classes so you feel more fantasy. Does the setting do you even know? Does a setting uh, is it fantasy or do they not give you a setting? Is it just a straight rule book?
1: No, no, it's a there is a setting. There's um, it's called the the world's
0: called Galista. OK, um, I saw the map. The map was they, it reminded me of Planescape yeah. a little bit.
1: Yeah, they got this 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 world um, Galista. And then there's Beacon City, mm-hmm. so they're literally cool. built. Yeah, they're 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 building that whole concept. And the basic lore that I've gotten through so far, because like I said, I haven't I haven't read it cover to cover yet. Right, I haven't had a chance to play test anything. But the basic lore is that a thousand years ago, um, there was a great cataclysm somewhere else, and this is the world that the Refugees and survivors made their way to, okay, and slowly but surely the world's been slowly being built. So these people coming here are remnants of a pre of, of a previous existence somewhere else.
0: Okay, I see that working for superheroes really well.
1: Yeah, you know how to check um, this out. Got, That's cool, but they've got like part two of the book starts on page fifty two, and from page fifty two to. 128 is all world building stuff people cities organizations are you building your
0: own own kind of story that story are you building your own set piece as well kind of like you do with like icons for example which i always mention for superheroes great you make the villains as a group like i make your villain you make mine and we kind of make the uh Portfolio of bad guys. Do you do that in this as well? Did they add any cool pieces like that into the show at all, or in the end of the game? I, I
1: I haven't necessarily seen that yet, um, but they do have a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, they they actually have a section where they talk about running superheroes. So they talk about teen superheroes, super teams, grim dark heroes, one shots. Um, they talk about. They have a section on origins. You know secret origins they have a a section on study of life you know then they actually have a section where there's uh basically uh i guess you call it, uh, it's an adventure you know hatred of the hyper demon you know and then they got magic items, of course. They got villains and monsters uh, section. They got layers and strongholds appendix. And all the you-
0: layers stuff would be awesome the way layer powers work in D&D 5. I didn't even think about that. That's actually a really good tie-in for supervillains. Right. You know, but then they, like I
1: said, they've got an organization section. They've got gazetteers. So they got a regional gazetteer, uh, city gazetteer. Mm-hmm. You know, so they... they I believe, you know, they, they figured it out, you know, they, they've spent their time trying to come up with something unique. I'm not sure how well it's going to work yet. What I'm hearing is we got
0: to play test this. Exactly. All right. That, that's what we're going to do. That's going to have to happen. That's, I mean, that's pretty cool. That's a Kickstarter I haven't seen. I, I totally missed it. I usually look for the smaller Kickstarters to kind of learn on what's going on. So that's super dope. I will put that in the show notes as well. And uh, is there anything else you got to say about that system to we, before we move on to the second part of Game Bytes?
1: No, I mean, honestly, just that I'm going to give it a shot. I mean, I, I got the same. Uh, well, you're a superhero the, the whore. Same Yes, I am. I love my superhero. So I've got the same concerns, you know. Right. I, I, I am a I am a superhero slut. Yes, I am, right. and I, I say that proudly. Yeah, yeah. You know. Of course, work that corner. You know exactly. <laughs> um, but for me, for me, what I the biggest thing for me is that I want to read it through. I want to sit down. I want to build some characters, and I, I want to play test it out because. Who knows, you know, it might be just, just the thing Dungeons and Dragons needs to, you know, (laughs) <laughs> to, to to bring
0: you back, to bring me back over, yeah. to bring me back over for a little while. Yeah. Well, so let's talk. Let's talk old school D anD D, Dean. You and I have uh, we have reminisced many nights late into sunup about the stuff we love in gaming culture, the things that we grew up with. And I think this, I know this strikes a chord with a lot of the people out in the the world of not only D anD D but just tabletop RPGs. Let's talk about. The pending lawsuit between Dragonlance authors and Wizards of the Coast. This is. This hits me in a way that I was not expecting. And that's not me saying, oh, I'm on air. I'm going to talk about this in a way no dude i grew up with Dragonlance. i grew up with this Uh, i have met both margaret weiss and tracy hickman working the convention circuit here don't ask people super nice i will never forget working at walden books i know a lot of the people listening to this aren't going to know what walden books is working at walden books having (laughs) the author version where the the sidebars actually had notes from the authors in it when they compiled all of it it's it's somewhere in this room and uh I I will always remember that going, wow, I didn't know that's what was behind this. Like it changed how I ran the game in tabletop. Like we went and played Dragonlance. I opened up the old box because by the time that book came out, Dragonlance was going, but I think they were doing like that new version of it that came out. And I, I was all in. And I was like, dude, we have to go back. I just read through all of the trilogy. I learned things from these authors. I never thought of let's go, let's go, let's go. And we ran it and Corinne. This, the world of Dragonlance really struck home. But right now, this lawsuit is... Kind of, dude, I'm sorry, but Watsy, you're doing them dirty. And unless you come out and say, like, why you're doing them dirty... Like, for example, we all know that when a boxer gets back in the ring at 50, that shit ain't going to look as good as when they were in their 20s and 30s. Maybe the stuff they wrote was crap. We don't know. You know, I would say
1: I, I, I'd argue that point, and I argue that point because this—they're writers. They didn't stop writing. They're not like a boxer who got out of the ring and lost his true. rhythm, lost his that's brain. true. Yeah. they've been writing this whole time, and some writers get better with age. And that's what I'm saying. And I read, I read the Dragonlance books as they came out. You know, as yeah. they came out. That's how old I am. Um, <laughs> And yeah, Kren was my. You know, I don't know if you ever watched Key and Pill, but you oh, know when they course. be doing the, the. Okay, so you know what they do—the two guys out there talking about the movies. You know, Liam Neeson's. You know, yeah. well, Kren was my shit. Yeah, <laughs> you yes, know, dude. The, I mean, it was one of those. It was one of those settings. Well, and we should probably say so so what the lawsuit over. So, what the lawsuit is over. Is that they've completed a manuscript and a second manuscript? It was done, ready to be reviewed. Work. Was ready to be reviewed, and Wizards of the Coast basically said, "Stop."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we and they weren't paid their they weren't paid their retainers. They were not paid their initial fees. That basically stops any royalties that they could have gotten. They were set to write uh, uh, another trilogy.
0: Yeah, and
1: you know I'm going to say this, and you know, take it for what it is. But corporate America sucks. It's rough, you man. know. You know, Wizards of the Coast is a subsidy of Hasbro. Yep. And Hasbro, I I more poison drills. Right, and Hasbro is a corporate giant and they you know they're all about the the bottom line it's about that dollar yeah and i don't think and i really don't think they really you know are looking at i think when people are detached from the hobby or from the 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 core of where you they make their money at i don't think they understand what this means
0: to them either Yeah, because a new Dragonlance, a new Dragonlance would be huge. True, true. But here's the thing. I so as I've worked in corporate America, you work in a very similar corporate America right now. Um, And there's two things that happen. One, when you get too big, you have to appease a bigger audience, which means you have to pease the louder voice in the room sometimes. But I noticed right away that 5e... I, I waited. I, I don't think I picked up 5e for like until three or four years into them being out. And it's not that I'm not a D&D fan. I played since first edition. I just got burned so hard on fourth, I didn't want to pick up fifth. I was a Pathfinder diehard. I, P, I played yeah. PF1 and then when Cypher came out I was, and I was really getting into the idea of, of when I won my... I think I won my second title for... Um, Iron GM and Cypher was starting to really pick up steam. I was like, I want to be a part of this narrative style of storytelling because I realized it wasn't just my story. It was a group story, which is a very, if you're a GM from the nineties, that's not how you thought. If you're a GM from the eighties, it was my story and you were playing in it. That's where the railroad came from. And, and uh, I, I love that. The second part is, I kind of think that D&D wasn't doing any set pieces. Eberron's the first time we saw a full setting book come out for 5e Eberron. Many mm-hmm. years after it's going and now they're saying they're going to go back and do more settings and really lean back into that, but People this is the one thing I'm reading the Polygon Polygon put up an article on it. It's a decent article. It's short and sweet. I don't think there's a lot of details on this. It's not like video games where there's a lot of stuff publicized, but they're trying to uh, put it with the fact that the defendant, which is Wizards of the Coast, is embroiled in a series of embarrassing uh, public disputes by non Dragonlance publications were being in trouble for racism and sexism. First off, that has nothing to do with this lawsuit, Polygon. Why the fuck? Are you bringing that up? Stop trying to bait people. You know, that's not what this is about. This is about a group of creatives made stuff that you were paying for and then decided not to. You wasted people's time. That is what this lawsuit's about. And you owe them money for making this shit. And I honestly think you need to listen to your fans. Coming back to our Cypher talk yesterday on your guys' show, listen to your fans. They want Dragonlance. You think Joe, the guy who does all the stuff for D&D 5E right now, doesn't want Dragonlance? He talks about even, he was on Forbes. He was recently on Wire Magazine. All he does is talk about his love of Dragonlance and Corinne. Why the fuck wouldn't you put that out? Because, and that's what I'm saying, though. This is what we
1: were talking about on the show last night. Not listening Mm -hmm. to your fans. Mm Mm-hmm. When you don't listen to your fan base, to the people who are spending their hard-earned money. You're going to fall. You're going to fall, and you're going to fall hard. You know, no different. And, and that's what happened to 4th Edition. I was just going to say that.
0: How They didn't Four listen to anybody down. when D&D Next was going on. They're like, guys, there's some bad stuff in here. And they, and they pulled D&D Next because we had interviews with Monty Cook when he was doing the D&D Next stuff. And they pulled it, so we weren't allowed to put it out. Myself and a couple of podcasters. Wow.
1: I have all the D and D Next stuff. I was yeah. part of that playtest. test. We all I was were. part of that match. And I still have it. And the D and D Next stuff was brilliant. A lot of it. I won't say all of it. No. But a lot of it, it had a, a lot it had a good of it core. I'll put it this way. I could say seventy I could take seventy five percent of that material right
0: now but you- and build something. Pretty pretty damn. Awful. But that's because you had Monty Cook, Rob Schwab, and all the the G's of the industry making yeah. that. So, exactly. and Five E is not bad. Like, I'm not. I am not dissing Five E. I'm I'm talking about. I'm not anti Five E at all. I'm talking about I'm Wizards 25. of Coast as a company making really odd decisions. And I can't say that they're good. I'm not a. Sta- I'm not a shareholder. I don't know behind the scenes what's going on. But as a fan, and as a person who's in the hobby where they have they claim 42 million people playing maybe that's turnstile maybe it's not more now because that i think that that was from like last year can you imagine how big they are now with digital and everyone playing from home like i'm sure it's grown to be honest with you but how do you how do you ask for the stuff and have them make it and then cancel cancel it. Like, I, honestly, if you guys have not looked at the Polygon, I'll put it up here. I'll put it in the notes. But Polygon actually has the entire uh, suit, the case suit from scribe no, no, no. And it's craziness because like we are
1: saying, though, this is nothing but... Th- th- that's basically money they could print. <laughs> that's money Damn. they can print because... With their, I think they're starting, and I, I don't understand why they're not under, getting it there. A starter they're, box of Corrine, man. A starter box well, <sighs> not just there's Not just a starter box oh. of Corrine, but if you look at, like you were saying, the setting book. When they put out Eberron, yep. then they turned around and put out Rav, uh, Ravnica. Best book they have out, by the way, and I don't even like Magic. You know you know they put out Ravnica, mm-hmm. then they turned around and uh they just put out the the the, the mythic Odyssey book yep. or whatever that one is yep, yep. all of that stuff what, what they don't understand I don't think what they're getting because they basically model their 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 expenses around adventure league
0: that's what it feels like you what know, feels like
1: if, if you know adventures League is their <sighs> They're their cash cow, because what do they do? They put out a massive adventure every six to eight months. Yep. You're for, you, you know, it's, now you got to buy a new book, and then everybody's making new characters, so they are got to buy new character sheets. They yep. put out another setup. They put out another DM screen for that book. You know, it's, you know, it's like wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah it's it's really sad and i I mean i guess like for me to close this piece out and and obviously have you you do your piece as well what i see is a bunch of fans that really want something that could and obviously the writers of corinne want it as well or they wouldn't agree to write this shit they were doing the novels they were going to give us new content man like that's like star wars coming out with new shit but for tabletop like we Mm. want that we want new canon because we live for that stuff as nerds and and I, i know i sound angry but i guess it's more the passion of my my voice of, of growing up with this stuff and, and hearken to beetle and grim who I had on the show, they understand box sets. sell. they understand what they're for. They're, they're for the people who want that thing in their hand. They always, uh, it is a tabletop present to open up a box set. If you think that not putting dragon Lance back out in a format that is worth uh, wizards of the coast time. And I understand their model. Here, I understand the model. Looking, looking at their books, I think I have it down here. Rhyme of the Frost, this here. Iceman Dad. Rhyme of the Frost, of the Frost, Maiden. Frost Maiden. Maiden. First off, I love this guy's art, but and no one can see this. We can, but Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Right. This book, the problem I have with their stuff, all their adventures, they're trying to sell to the entire table. Yep. Where it's the GM and the player all in one book. And the problem with that is that's not how a table functions. Your GM doesn't want you to see this. When Paizo does it, remember for a long time that the players' kits for adventure paths were you paid for them? Now they're free. They're all free because they're like, hey, here's the player's kit. And they make the money on the GM end. And I think, again, Paizo leaving some money on the table, I think for each adventure path, I could be putting stuff out for players. Right. But why Wizards of the Coast, who's a giant, who only puts out four things a fucking year, not dividing this into a player and GM when it comes out, right? And the thing about it is, what would be and what would really be cool about that is if
1: it was sold just like that. Yeah. It was sold as two books. Yeah, you know, two books: one player book, one player facing, one GM facing. Yep. You yep. know, the, the the only thing I have to say about this is that that has become. I, I was going through a serious burnout with. Five E with Dungeons and Dragons, with the traditional games that I was encountering at the time, mm-hmm. even Pathfinder, all of that, and that's where yeah. I found system which changed my, which caused me to have a paradigm shift and move into that that, that more narrative style, open ended, you know, and that's where the collective table comes in. Yep, which we're going to get into it, for sure. Right, we're going to get into that, but that's and I think that's what what. Wizards of the Coast is not seeing Wizards of the Coast is trying to cover every umbrella, every facet, but they're falling short because their game isn't built like that. Yeah. And and then when it comes to the final closing words on what they're doing to uh you know, Tracy Hickman and and Margaret Weiss mm-hmm. with this this
0: that's just complete trash. I hope I hope, for our sakes, that work it the fuck out and we get those novels. Yeah, because I want them. one way or the other. Either Wizards helps finish publishing it and putting it out or they let it go and let Margaret Weiss Productions do it. As someone who loves what they're doing, and, and I know this is going to sound super negative, but before anyone passes away, I want that shit to hit. It needs to come out. Yeah. You know, we never Absolutely. know. Look at look at we live in a world of COVID right now. Where we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And on top of that, uh, I, I just watched my f- favorite person from Star Wars pass today to date when we're recording this. The actor who played Fett. Pass up. Yeah. Up, yeah. So like that, that we don't know. And I want I feel like the service needs to be done, not only to the fans, but for the writers to get it out of their head, because I know what that feels like. Having ideas, up and not getting them out
1: absolutely i so. mean think about it you know and here's the reality you know not just what COVID and everything goes but dude we're getting older yeah <laughs> you know everybody's aging yeah. i mean as i'm saying jeremy i mean jeremy bullock was 75 years old i mm-hmm. mean that's too young to go but that's still not a spring chicken
0: no he had a good life i mean dude guy i well, got to work on star wars and james bond two of my favorite things of all time exactly so. <laughs> So yeah, I hope that they work it out. I'm super excited to look into to the idea of, of superheroes in fantasy. I think that's dope. <laughs> I really want to check yeah. that out. I, maybe I'll talk to them, see if we can get them on the show. I'd love to talk to them, uh, give them a little bandwidth shout-out. But let's move into the second segment here. The second segment is, well, one, I can't pronounce it. That's going to be on you. But we're going to talk about developing – Not only developing things for a system, but developing things for a system that is missing what you need at your table. You want this at your table, but your system that you love, that your players play, doesn't have it. Because you only have two options. Switch systems or make it yourself. But there's a third and the third is the one that gets weird. People are weird about third-party publishing at their table because of balance issues. With Cypher, that's really not a conversation. There's no such things of balance issues in Cypher. So in this next segment, we're going to dive into Cypher, and we're going to talk about you making what I want, fancy and magic, and magic for fantasy done in Cypher. We're going to talk about how that's done, and in the next segment, we'll dive into the process, but... What is the name of this project? Why didn't you name it something shorter? What the fuck?
1: Well, the whole point is... Well, first of all, it's called Malvandos... I'm sorry, my voice cracked there. It's called Malvandos Mythic body Makeup, And Makeup is a Latin word for... I know. tone or whatever the case may be. Oh I wanted to give it a cool... It needed a cool name. Sure, it's, it's, sure, sure. On, you, know, you know, and I thought that was cool as hell. I mean, all M's, you know, the dude is, you know... He's a, you know, and you're basically giving us our re- Tasha for Cypher. It's basically what it is. It's basically what it is. It's, it's magic being able to be skinned for Cypher system. It uses all the, the convictions mm-hmm. and all of the, the tropes that Cypher built. Sure.
0: So you're, you're, you're talking about what, descriptor type and foci. Guy right ability you know, cipher and, re- and and artifacts right so what, what this looks at
1: what this is looking at it as think of magic as you know how they got the magic flavor box mm-hmm. you know how they got magic flavors think about this as the expansion on magic as a flavor okay because now you have your ability to cast your spell um the reason why cipher magic you know is because Cipher didn't have it, and people have been chomping at the bit for it right um,
0: Cipher has not done magic me- yet. The closest thing we have seen is a little bit in God's of the Fall and then and then there's some in Cipher about running fantasy, but not a lot. Basically, they just tell you to use the is it spellcaster or whatever it is where that foci
1: right they they've got a couple of foci that will sort of do it mm-hmm. And then they they talk about if you look at God Forsaken, they talk about, you know, how you can, you know, use different foci to skin it because. I don't know why they didn't, you know, take the ball and run with it in this in this direction,
0: but I mean, I have my opinions. I know you won't say them, but I sure as fuck will. Well, what are your opinions there? So I played Invisible Sun, and I think it's really ironic. The Invisible Sun has a I have the box over there with like eight other books on it right now because it's made to be played in person. Right. I have it and I do like a lot of Invisible Sun. I do like the concept, but it takes this is how I politely put it. It takes a certain mindset and group of people to play Invisible Sun. And I think the ideal group is a group of GMs that understand the player side of the screen. Mm-hmm. Perfect party. Perfect. Because they can narrative help. They know how to build. And on top of that, the second point I'd want is world builders. And they put Vancey and Magic in there. Literally, there's a fucking spellcasting order called Vance. called Vance. <laughs> but then we get all this stuff from Cypher. And I don't, and this is my hypothesis. Monty, I'm sorry if I'm wrong. I don't think he wants to make Magic anymore with this Vancey and Magic. I think he just hates it. He did Planescapes he's worked on 5e he's worked on Three Five. he's worked on 3.0 he did the World of Darkness book he's done everything involving magic and I think he went I'm not doing it anymore I hate fancy and magic I'm not doing it anymore I'm fucking tired of it no one's gonna get it I don't like Vancian and fuck crafting I think those are the words that in Monty's voice happen which are super polite well I've just done it a lot of times I don't want to do it anymore I want to do something a little different you know because Monty is so kind of polite he never speak the way I speak Shona well, would play. well I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something
1: and it'll probably shock you I hate Vancian and Magic.
0: Oh god damn it Dean You can't do. have fantasy system you you can't no, no, put out Tulis no. and not put out Vancy and Magic. That's it, know. that you is know. the end of that conversation.
1: Here's the deal: it has nothing to do with putting out whatever setting system whatever the case may be mm-hmm. just the basic concept of with the way dancing and magic is the memorization up. of a spell and you mean? I, okay this is the thing that bugs me. and that's and i've always modified it i don't like <laughs> i go to bed and i get up and i have all my magic back okay okay that bugs the shit out of me because every novel i've ever read every story when you read about wizards and so on and so forth it's a cost to the person casting that magic that's the representation so have, mechanically though but but i'm saying but that's what i'm saying so w- when when you read a book you know and take gandalf for example mm-hmm. after he fought the balrog you know he was basically telling listen i'm not you know back to full strength i got i got a little time here that's never been represented so much mechanically in any, I mean, in a few games, they've, 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 you know, touched on it. When you get into more sword and sorcery games, they deal with it more. So, you know, where it's grittier magic, more magic at a cost. So that's, what's always bugged me. So,
0: so hold on hold on hold on there are systems though that use things like mana pools mana points uh from shadows of the demon lord to uh the genesis system does a really good job for dragon age mm-hmm. mana where there's self cost i mean fuck palladium uh palladium fantasy back in the day had something for it but your issue so, is is um i think it's the same to me as someone who says no, no 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 we're not girlfriend and boyfriend i don't like that tag we're dating. We're together. Uh-huh. It's the same shit. Because if I sleep for eight hours, that's me no longer being tired or exhausted from casting my spells. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but no. It is though. Because but if there's a cause
1: in if it, if there's more of a cause to it, you know what? You're channeling primordial energies through your through your body. Sure, depending on it's the setting. Not, sure, yeah. Correct. Yeah, depending on the setting, however you want to do it. So to me, it's not just, <sighs> okay, I go to bed and I, and I recovered. I mean, Hey, you're an athlete. You, you and I are both athletes. Was played lots soon of- to be again football. actually, but, but I'm saying I played lots of football. I've been yeah, doing yeah. martial arts for, for a year. Yeah. Okay. Um. And even with that, think about it. Think after, you know, a hell of a grueling game. Mm-hmm. You know what? It took you a few days to be back. At peak, you couldn't have played. Sure. You couldn't have played. You can't play you games played, back to back. Right. That's what I'm saying. You yeah. couldn't have played. You know, went to bed, caught up the next day, and played that that same you know Turkey Bowl game again.
0: But that comes down to how much realism you want in your game. That's well, that grim I scale.
1: What? What? Again? So, what? What I've done in my creation is that I've got a simulation for it. I've got something that I think works. Okay. It feels good. To me. Okay. You know. It, it feels good. It feels like it'll work. I think, and I think it'll harken itself to how Monty Cook has the Monty Cook Games has cipher systems set out. It's going to harken into that, and it's going to harken it back though to the other side of the coin where people want to be able to have a list of spells and a list of a, a, right. a list of, of magic that they can call on.
0: When we get back into the idea of of the process, which is the next section, we'll we'll dive into that. But I'm going to relate to something that we talked about off-air quite some time ago. You were supposed to run, uh, was it, uh, what was the drow game you wanted to run? Ascension of the Drow? Um, uh, No, Descent into the Depth of the Earth. Descent into the Depth of the Earth. Never happened. Nope, we never got to do it. But that magic would have been a hurdle for that game using Cypher because you were going to run it using Cypher, which I was excited about. You can't tell me that that looking at the magic and the, what people want back to the whole fan who's playing, that's going to be a hurdle trying to run that.
1: It's a hurdle. It, it's a hurdle because it's unless a, you create it's a Well, no, it's a hurdle because it's a concept. Prime example. That's like, what people want, what it, though. But no, no, I get it. But I'm saying, again, it's the shifting of the thought process. So, example. Mm-hmm. If you were playing a wizard, let me let me just get the, the example. Okay. You're playing a wizard. Playing a wizard. Um, well, as a matter of fact, give you an example. Anthony ran uh, the majority of keep on the borderland, mm-hmm. and I played an adept. You know, basically, I was a wizard. What I did though was I reskinned my wizard
0: abilities to reflect. <laughs> My adaptability. No, hold on. Hold on. One, you're cheating. How am I cheating? Because you know how to do that. The average consumer does not. Sorry, man. If he would have gave a wizard to somebody who doesn't play Cypher or barely plays it or doesn't GM Cypher, if you don't GM GM Cypher, that's not something you have the capability of doing out of the gate. And I'm not saying those people are uh, inept. I'm saying they haven't learned that skill set yet. And, and cypher has not taught you to do that properly
1: but that's what i'm trying to say cypher no does not teach that they allude to it they try i, I look, the at the book, the look at the dance no no they allude to it even looking at the godforsaken
0: book they try to push the ide- ideology. I feel like they're trying to but, dodge the problem instead of just head on going, we're not making fantasy magic instead. Here's our magic system, because they didn't even give us a magic system in that book. Right. It's fantasy. Are you saying there's no magic in your world? Oh, no, there's magic, but well, no, we're not explain how it actually works.
1: The the way their magic works? No, if you, if did you, if you read that section? Yes, I have. You know, I know, and I know
0: you just don't like the explanation. <sighs> Look, and, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't like fancy and magic either. That's not my point.
1: No, no. And what I'm saying is you don't like the explanation of how they are saying magic is handled in their game. That's number one. Did, they, did they because, explain anything? It, you know, no, no. Think about it. Think about it for a minute, Eric. Again, it's the same thing. You just like when you told me I'm cheating. The average person does not look at a game through the lens. I'm pointing at my nose lens right now exactly this lens that we have they don't see it that way this this is why cipher there's not a there's not a single problem i can't overcome within the parameters of the system it's not a single problem just think about think about what you did when you decided to do warping mm-hmm. you did not change the the the, the dynamics of the yeah. game you i you did everything within yep. within the parameters of what they gave but that's you. game design and it, Exactly. And I think that's kind of half the issue is that I think Monty, Shauna, Sean, Bruce have all been doing this shit for so long that they just kind of don't realize that everybody doesn't have game design in their blood. To a
0: point, to a point, I'm super happy they brought Sean on board. We've talked about that again off air. and, And I think like I would love to have a beer with him and talk about this stuff in an open market with, with no, um, I always talk about how I don't talk about politics or religion because it's the same fight, flight, fight or flight mechanism that you use when you're being attacked. Like you, you don't talk about it, but like the next thing we have here is a question in this section is, you know, did you find designing something as crunchy as magic for a narrative system difficult? And, and I'm assuming there's difficulties. Cause I know there's always difficulties in design. Like that's, that's what I love about it. I like problem solving. Well, that's the thing.
1: I wouldn't call them difficulties, but I will call them hurdles, because there were there were points that I was writing and I'm going, oh yeah, this is good. Oh, that sucks. That just mm." right. So we all have you know. So I had to go back, and literally that's what I was doing. I was I how I I have a little process, a little you know idea of process on it where I use uh. I use, what do you call it?
0: Uh, Grammarly. Primarily. Dude, I just repaid for it this year and I, you know how you get a bill and sometimes you like scoff? Grammarly yeah. will never be that bill. Right.
1: So <laughs> using, using that, that was my, that's been my, where I was able to go, oh yeah, okay. And the, the other thing about it is it, it's, it's it, again, that process of you have to step in and then you got to step away. Because too long in the pool, you start to wrinkle. Truth. Truth. You know. Truth. Uh, and that's kind of my methodology. You know, I'm trying to put out, you know, the best piece of work that I can to to appease the, the many people out there. And, yep. you know, but, yep, you know, and I can honestly say, though, but this is also... A love letter to myself this is a magic system that i've
0: always wanted to play so this so then, work. like what was your process for designing a system for this like and i don't want to get into the nitty-gritty but like um you saw what we're going to talk cypher specifically now and then we'll also add some other pieces in because we grew up in in D land like that's how we grew up yeah. but doing cypher knowing that it is not the the, the major league like they're not the number one, they're not the number two slot in in right. companies. Uh, they produce something, they produce quality on that level. That's not the question, but they just don't have that fan base quite yet. Uh, honestly, most of the fan base is in Cipher Unlimited. So mm-hmm. when you're producing a Cipher game for mechanics that are traditionally crunchy in every single tabletop we've played growing up, Magic is always the thing. Magic. And hacking or net running are the two things in our entire life that when someone's new and playing, you go, hey, man, maybe play a fighter. Hey, man, maybe play a solo. Hey, man, maybe play a street sam Because yeah. we're dodging, teaching them the crunch of magic. The nitty right. gritty. When you're designing, did you design to bring the crunch back, a little bit of a crunch back to Cypher? Or did you design with the idea of I need more... More explanation, but it still needs to be super simple. What was your like mentality? Like, what was your mental state for designing that?
1: It was definitely number one. It was definitely I had to bring some of the crunch back. Because. As we were saying before, MCG. Just doesn't want to design it or just that's how maybe how they feel. But when, I want to know the really, eternal reason. <laughs> but when you. But when you think about magic, there has to be a level of crunch to it,
0: you know. Agreed. There has Agreed. to be.
1: So, what I but all the crunch that I have put into it is within the parameters of what Cipher already offers. So, okay. I'll give you an example. I'll give you. I'll give you a basic example. Um, the way the book is set up, there is a introduction. It talks about Melvando v- and his journeys discovering magic then it goes into uh, uh a mechanical idea or a, a, an additional pool that i've added into the game because there needs to be a pool for magic but then it gets into doing magic the basic idea is that and in their spells there's there's going to be 60 75 spells that i made sure as examples that you can use in your game but they're written with open interpretation. Number one,
0: modeling that cypher style,
1: modeling the cypher style. Number two, here's where some of the crunch comes in. I gave what I was called a primordial pool. That primordial pool is like meta magic. It allows you to expand spells. It allows you to manipulate them, change (laughs) them around. This is where the crunch comes in because now, and it's still speaking to the same idea of cypher system because they want you to be able to be unique. So you know, two two wizards, you know, and this takes me back to something else, some other classic stuff, you know. Think of the Raven, mm-hmm. you know, back in the old days, especially like when you talk about the movie version with Vincent Price and Peter Laurie. Oh, I love you know, I love Vincent Price man. Well, vi- well, think of, if you ever watched that movie, there, there was the Raven with Vincent Price and Boris Karloff at when they're battling their wizard battle. It's it's dated now, but it's still cool as hell. I just happened to watch it not too long ago because I was doing this and it was like inspiration for me. Yes, It was one one of the things that was said about it that made me do what I did too, was that Vincent Price's character wasn't that he was the most powerful wizard, but it was the fact that he had his technique. His technique was so unique. It made him, it, it made him on par with the best. Sure. So this is the concept that I wanted to bring to Cypher system and the same concept that that Monty and them always talk about—that you know, two adepts don't have to be the same, or and two fighters don't have to be the same. You know, so it's the same principle. So I could have a wizard, you know, come in and take this spell, but guess what? Now I plug my meta magic in and I, I put my own twist on it. So now instead of me throwing a fireball, um, I throw a fire dragon. You know what I'm saying? Still get the same principle, same same principle of, of action or or, or right. uh, what you wanted to do is right. unique to
0: that wisdom. So that yeah. that's that's what I've done. So so you've decided to make magic because we haven't seen it from a third party publisher yet through Drive through cipher program. We haven't seen mm-hmm. Monty Cook really give us what we want yet. And honestly, like all jokes aside, maybe they left it open for somebody else to do because they don't want to. Also very right. possible because um, I do love as much as everyone in CU is giving me shit because I was harping on Cypher so much. And I don't harp on it because I don't like it. I harp on it because I want it to be number one. Yeah, I guess I want them to I want them to take Wizards of the Coast to the cleaners. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's that's what I want. And, and I think. The flaws that that I see are the things that are missing isn't crunch, um, but it is the definition that we saw Sean bring in his horror book, his mechanics. Mm -hmm. Mechanics don't have to be detailed. They just need to be an answer to people who don't know how to develop them on their own. And you're you're trying to win over an audience that played first, second, third, three, five, Pathfinder, four E, even though it was a thing, um, five E, P- Pf2e and and you're bringing these crunching munches in, not including your other genres like cyberpunk, mech warrior, and so on. Rollmaster, Palladium, Rifts, the big dogs. Now you got Zweihander. There's these people who are really used to having a rule there for them. And I, as I have said, my entire, I, w- I would say the like professional GM career, rules are there to keep players on the same page as the GM. Yeah. they're not actually there for the GM to abide by you you play in the confines but you don't abide by them. The goal is to make Charles, fun Charles Ryan wrote an article and literally
1: said just that that the rules for cipher system were built for the players and not the GM.
0: It's to give you a, a sandbox. My sand is brown. Your sand is brown. Instead of being pink, we're in the same sandbox, bringing, building the same sandcastle within the same wood walls that your dad built for you, and got all your sand from whatever Home Depot we went to. We're playing in the same sandbox, but we're building different sandcastles. There it is. And, and I and, and that's that's true. I agree with. I agree 100 with Charles. And that brings us so- into the process of the details. <laughs> I think this is going to be the hard part.
1: My name is Alpha Dean. I'm a scholar. I'm also a wizard. That's what they call us these days. I ran across a document. Mal Mystic Mythic Vega. It's full of magic. And as I finish translating it, I'll soon release it to the world. So I hopefully, you other wizards out there, can learn some real magic.
0: You are designing a crunchy system, and I have some detailed questions. Some of them aren't on here, and we've already nailed a few in the first half. And what I want to really nail is the process of designing. If I was a GM who is new, the breakdown, we'll do cipher, because I think you can still apply it to other things. I want to take the process of designing something for a game that doesn't have what you're looking for. Have it be a new class. Have it be a new spell. And in this case, we're going to do magic because that's what we're talking about. You and I have been talking about making magic for a while. There's a paper doc somewhere with like a breakdown that I sent to you. Yeah,
1: we, uh, we, we, we had a couple of different approaches.
0: Right. And with that, let's, let's start with the basics. We're going to start at the beginning. You know you want to make a magic system for Cypher. What made you realize you were going to do it? And what was the first things you looked at to to make this happen? Um, what made me
1: realize I was going to do it, that, that literally was the clarion claw out there in the world. I said I was going to wait before I put anything to paper, before I put pen to paper, until God Forsaken came out, because I knew that was the toolkit. Sure. And... You know, depending on what was in that toolkit, depended on what I had to do. Mm -hmm. So that was the beginning of the process. Um, But then the next thing was I continued to make sure I was up to speed and up to date to the baseline parameters of the system. You know, I think the design process for any, anything you want to do, you need to understand the system parameters within you with, that you're working with it. If you don't understand that and you just start building something, you're going to build something that, that, that won't plug in and people are going to, you know, people are definitely going to shun away from it.
0: fake Legos versus real Legos. They don't fit together that well.
1: Exactly. So if there's no, if, if you can't connect the dots, if you can't connect the, the, the ideal behind what you're putting in front of them, to what they want with, with the game that they're playing, you're, you're never going to make it. So that's literally that's literally the first step.
0: So how do you, you know? identify those rules? Like, how do you identify the core mechanics? Ma- uh, magic, for example, in Cypher, they didn't really give you a lot. They gave you the magic flavor. They gave you, uh, I cannot remember the name of the foci, but you're casting spellcasting foci. Um, how do you I I- spell... Yeah, spell. That's what it is. How do you identify the the base points that they give you? And then how do you start to begin building upon those for something that's a little more detailed? OK, base points, um,
1: basic concept of Cypher system is everything has. A XP cost or it's, you know, those parameters when you build a first first tier character, you know, when you go pick up a flavor, you give up a type ability to to, to plug into that flavor. So that automatically happens with the magic system. You're going to give up a type ability to basically have magic spell casting ability. Okay. Um, Sure. And what that does is that gives you a new pool that gives you this, this forest pool, which is your primal, primordial, whichever words you want to use.
0: That's a big it, thing, man, to add a fourth pool to the system.
1: Yes, it is. But it doesn't unhinge anything because it specifically works for that idiom. Okay. Okay. Specifically. Um so with that with that primor, primal pool that gives you your initial number of spells. Okay. Mm-hmm. The way it, keeps it, the way it keeps it in balance is in order to increase that pool, you spend four points, for XP, if you want to increase that pool. If you want to increase the number of spells that you cast, you spend four points okay. for, for spell increases. You know, so still using the basic concept of Cypher System. So you get your spells, you get your, your primal points. Those primal points are spent on your meta magic, on your your or as I call it your primal magic. So when you decide to expand a spell, manipulate a spell, you know, um, I, I talk about magic from across different realms. So you know, you have people who, if you if you if you read the Wheel of Time series with Robert Jordan, they talk about magic and flow. They talked about it where you saw air, the air, fire, water yep. spirits on a sofa. Little avatar so, feel. Right. So I talk about it like that. So if you want to have that feel, it works there. If you want to have your spontaneous casters, it works there. If you want to have your people who make packs, whatever, it doesn't make a difference. That's all trappings. But you have the ability to uh, enhance your spell. You can do things like invert a spell. So, if you invert the, you know, that's one of the primal abilities. You, you spend a couple of points to invert a spell and people can't see the magic. They can't sense the magic. You hide the magic, you know? So if you put something that that's going to sit around permanently, or that has to be there for a couple of hours, you know, you can hide, you can counter spell, you know, that costs primal power. So if you want to deflect someone's spell or stop a spell, you know, you know, things like that, those things will come into play. But there's also the typical, you know what, I want to expand the range of the spell, or I want to increase the damage of the spell, or I want to, you know, um, change this touch spell to a, to a ranged attack, or I want to change this ranged attack to a touch spell. All of that is in within the confines of what I did. But okay. it all is still based, it's all still based on okay, difficulty,
0: uh, spend a couple of points. Make a make a roll. So so you're yeah, no. you're talking about breaking it down. Where well, the first big thing I noticed um, in notes wise, I'm looking at you added a fourth pool in Cipher System. Let's in the core mechanics of Cipher, you spend XP. You have to raise four things, and you tier up right Mm -hmm. uh in in this one it is edge effort your pools themselves um and then then abilities and then there's like two other optional ones i think it's like recovery rolls does this now become one of the things that adds towards the tearing up if you put points so when i buy points for my pool do i now have to decide between four pools yep So how integral, then, is this fourth pool in your game? Does it get attacked and damaged like it does everything else? You attack and damage it. So what would attack and damage that pool? So for those who are listening that don't know, when you get attacked in Cipher system, hit points are spread into three things. You got your might, you got your speed, you got your intellect. A lot of those, if you were a D&D player, it's like taking two of the stats and merging them together. That's the best way to explain that for D20 players. Your might becomes your your strength in your dex, Right. Your speed is.
1: No, it no, becomes constitution, constitution and strength. And,
0: and strength. Yeah. Dexterity is speed. really just dex and is speed, right? There's nothing oh, else. Right. in that. You're right. And then the three mental stats going to intellect. Right. So, so what does magic become then? And then how does that get damaged? Do all spells now damage magic instead of damaging you?
1: No, no, no. Spells don't damage your magic pool. You're spending your magic pool. And your magic pool is only replenished on your 10-hour recovery.
0: But you don't, you, don't you, you spend your pools in Cypher uh, to Mm -hmm. do a few things. One, you take damage to them. That's one. Two, you do it anytime you want to spend effort. Have that be to up power, uh, hit better, do more damage. Right. The third and optional one is when you want to flex a power, when you have to roll a task level of three, five or seven to do things like you were saying earlier, adding Mm -hmm. my touch spell now is ranged. My range spell is now two people. So on and so on and so on. Down the chain of improving your power. That's kind of how you spend your points or the GM says, yes, you can do it, but it's going to drain you. (laughs) Lifting right. that door is outside the realm of human physical ability, it's gonna cost you four might to do so. You can roll, but it's gonna physically stress you. Does this pool now add into the equation of how cipher works similar to that?
1: It adds into it, yes. It it, it adds to it in the sense that of this. First of all, the primordial pool will probably never look like the other two pool, the other three pools. Where okay. those pools will be, you know, you know, by the time you get to, you know, tier four, you could conceivably have forty points in a pool. Okay. Okay. By the time you're a tier four, spellcaster, you won't have forty points. You might, you could get away with maybe fifteen to twenty. Okay. But the way. And it's the way that's that how much of a caster it. are you? Is that is that what a, that's a representation of? Right. That's a representation of how much primordial energy you have to manipulate your magic.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. Spells, spells themselves are just like any other ability. They're based on, there's a point cost, and they're based on whatever your primary casting uh, pool is. So, or, or whatever. It depends if you want to do it that way mm-hmm. or if you want to take Different spells cost from different pools. You know, you want to say that a healing spell, you know, that you do empathic healing. You could have empathic healing in your game. Sure, so that's a concept where you could say, you know what, every time you heal somebody, it costs you X number of points. You know, the two points for a healing spell it comes from your
0: might. Sure, sure. This sounds so, very similar to uh, the idea of a mana pool,
1: right? So it, 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 it's it's basically that concept but expanded where the it's not just that that primal pool is just for you to manipulate magic it's -hmm. your it's your magical manipulation ability so again like i was saying with you found in design that
0: you needed this pool what was that moment that made you go i i fucking i need a fourth i need a fourth pool what was that moment that made you go what is missing is i'm adding x amount and these other three pools can't provide. When did you need your fourth job? The fourth job
1: came in when I realized <laughs> the fourth job came in when I realized that in order to keep within the 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 purview of making every caster unique. Okay. That they needed a fourth pool. I could not in good in good understanding go okay, wait a minute. So I'm going to charge them effort to increase damage and do uh, then I'm going to have to charge him again to manipulate the magic even further? No, I don't want to do that. So, in order for, with with magic, magic became its own, it's its own little caveat. You still use your effort to do your typical thing. You know, those things that are innate to the character. That's what effort's all about. But that primordial pool is integral as you as a caster, that is literally stating to the world, you know, how Billy badass you are. Sure. You know, are, right, you, right, right. are you, are you, are you Gandalf or, you know, are you, are you the, the, the wizard from Dungeons and Dragons cartoon? <laughs> no one really wants yeah. to
0: do that. Yeah.
1: You know, you know, oh, and, there, and also I did add in a, uh, a backlash. Okay. So, it's backlash. just the idea
0: of cost, and I, I forgot to ask this earlier. You didn't like fancy and magic, but I guarantee I'm going to say this, and be like, "Okay, that's an exception." Dark Sun handled the cost of magic in a really cool way. But well, that's what I'm saying. That's where and Defilers, well, that's, and that's
1: where that's where the kind of the concept for backlash comes in.
0: Okay, backlash.
1: Backlash happens when
0: there's a failure. Like, is that a okay. one only? Or does it have its own new scale, kind of like how horror no, no. Can s- crescendos uh-huh. as you're playing?
1: It it, it, can, it can scale depending on the GM. Ones definitely are, you know, dungeon masters can throw a GMI. So, example, once again, you as a beginning caster only have a certain number of primordial points.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: when you start, when you start dealing with that primordial magic, that's where you start making those difficulty rolls to overcome. Backlash. So when you start manipulating magic, when you start pulling more magic in to change the parameters of the baseline of the spell, you can everybody can cast a spell at its baseline or its right. baseline cost and you really don't have anything to worry about. You don't have to worry about necessarily worry about backlash. But you know what? You know, you want to have some fun with your players or you know they 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 they're getting ready to they walk into the cave and you know, they're Tier 1 characters, and you got two cave trolls standing there. You know, and the three fighters are like, okay, yeah, we're going to get in here, but the fighters are rolling like shit. The wizard goes, oh shit, we know. I don't know, where. you know what, the hell with it. I'm going to dump these points in here, and I'm going to try and overcome the cave trolls, because I'm going to cast, you know, a sunlight spell, but I'm going to cast it, you know, you know, a tier two instead of tier one. Now I got an opportunity to get a backlash.
0: You know, it makes sense. So the mechanics for backlash, uh, what I'm hearing is you wanted a cost of magic, which is seen in in fantasy literature. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean everywhere. Usually when you cast magic, there's a cost. But I will right. tell you as a designer a lot of tabletops don't put it in because the cost isn't fun. Right? Like it, it isn't fun for a player to to fail in a way that isn't I know everyone is tired of this term but failing forward is more fun than failing backwards.
1: And that's what backlash is all about.
0: So what is You're the gonna, example of a you, failure you get out of a backlash? Like does it do something permanent to you? Does it do something cool? Does it does it okay, change your artist spell, artist. is it chaos magic? Like what does it do?
1: well that's what it is think think of think of wild magic or think of chaos magic or whatever so um for example um let's just say you know you wanted to cast uh a fireball and classic you you you, ca- you cast a classic fireball but you know you're fighting somebody who's you know a step tougher you know or or you know above average so you say you know what I'm gonna dump you know uh two primal points into this okay and the first primal point is increasing my damage the second primal point is um giving me a second blast okay all right so it's a, it's a dual fireball all in one mm-hmm. okay so you send it out there fireball goes out you hit you do your damage boom you hit the second time do your damage but then there's a feedback across that 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 fireball that you take a blast in your chest okay you you take uh you know so you fail forward you hurt yourself you take you know the way I have it set up is uh however many points you spend in primal magic you take three times that number to yeah exactly your magical no you take that to oh. you take that to whatever your spell casting ability is.
0: whatever the pool is or whatever it is that that, that spell would hit
1: right okay so if, if it was an, if you said you know you cast your fireballs because of your intellect because you understand the computations to pull together the primordial energies to make a fireball you can hit your intellect so you just take you know you, i spent two points so now i take six points of intellect damage, backlash. Boom. So, so
0: what's the draw as a player then to play that if I know every time I ramp it up I'm gonna get fucked up?
1: You don't. You don't because it and it decreases the higher tiers you get.
0: Okay. The chance of it the chance of it happening decreases. It, so, what's the chance? How are you handling that metric? How are you handling the, I, the so same situation? Out. I cast a fireball. I know I wanted to to be stronger and then also hit twice, like boom, boom, like a big explosion. How do I? Uh, what is that metric? Is it like the failure chances and ciphers and artifacts? Like, what are you putting in there that causes that damage? How do I know when I'm gonna get hurt on a backlash that the uh, chances reduce?
1: So, what I did was I, I followed the same idea: low, mid, high tier, right? Okay. So at low tier, low tier, you have a higher chance of uh, backlash. The difficulty number that you have to overcome to get past the backlash. So it's a second higher. roll
0: that you're making to make sure that you don't get you don't get hurt. Exactly. Controlling the wild magics. Correct. Gotcha. So you make that roll, boom. You know, mid tier
1: is lower. And then at, uh, at um, you know, high tier, you literally get to use three primordial feats, meta magic feats, whatever term you want to use, completely safe. Okay. It's the minute you go. Which the mo- It's the minute you say, "I want to put four things into this as a high tier," because again, it basically is hearkening to you're a badass now. You right. understand magic in a way that so. You know, again, and the other part portion of it is this it's Cypher system. Mm-hmm. Cypher system is one of the few games that, there, that that has built itself around the idea that everything that happens isn't necessarily bad. Right. So a GMI isn't bad. I mean an intrusion
0: so, gives you XP. So
1: <laughs> Right. And so the idea the same idea with meta magic, I get to fail for, it. I get to be a badass. I might hurt myself but I hurt myself in a cool way. It added to the story. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm still, you know, I got a couple of more things to do. I might even throw in that, you know, there's an XP bonus for a backlash. You know, you still might get right. an XP. Right, that's all you part know? of the balancing
0: after playtesting comebacks.
1: Right, you know, so, I mean, so that, that was something that has been sitting on the back burner. You know, <laughs> maybe I'll throw in a, 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 you know, even though you fail with a backlash, there is still, a benefit to that too.
0: So a lot of people who, and you speak of XP, looking at cipher system and, and design hurdles, you've, you've talked about Here's the problem with magic. What is missing from Cypher? You knew that you wanted to add another pool because you couldn't cast out of the three pools that were existing without really tapping a magic person into nothingness because they, they just wouldn't have the ability to continue going. You know, they're going to recover mm-hmm. with recovery rules. By the way, you just kept the eight hour rest. I'm just saying. Uh, and yeah. and uh, it, it's, it has to be there to a point. And then on top of that, you said there's going to be spells. So you're giving people spells, but it sounds like the spells are going to be more flexible. You can do more Mm -hmm. with them. Fire might be, you know, I'm guessing. Firebird, Burning Hand, Fireball.
1: I'll give you you an example of one of the spells. Okay.
0: Uh, And then while you're looking that up, the the thing I was going to say is the next hurdle you run into is how do you balance growth? So XP, you get in a game, every four buys you something. Three for other items, two for other... So three for items, long-term milestones, two for other things. Are you also going to bring in uh, these things to help growth story arcs for mages? Absolutely. Are you going to have a way... uh, Are you going to do something like for myself, when I look at XP, I divide my XP up in certain games. Not all. Numenera, I don't divide. Other games, I do. Are you going to divide up XP so that the mage is able to keep up with everybody. Is there going to be oh. magic intrusions that allow mages to earn extra XP or something? Is that what backlash um, essentially is?
1: Well, backlash is that, that that's that's literally a mage intrusion. Sure. Because backlash in the way I the way I've described backlash, it does not always have to be damage. It could be just an effect you weren't expecting. Right. This gives the GM a toy.
0: Yeah, butterflies instead yeah. of fire. Check.
1: Right. You know, you, you know, you could have you could have all sorts of stuff happen. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I I cast a slow spell on the on the enemy and I hasty instead. <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah, that's a bad failure. An, right. I mean, it would be, you know.
0: So but, what are some uh, of the spells you've added?
1: OK, so I created a bunch of spells because I didn't want to go the typical route. Same fireball and <laughs> right. You know, lightning bolt or whatever. And so this is that I idea it, of the
0: hurdle of fancying—you didn't want it to be fancying, but you did want to have stuff for people to memorize.
1: Correct. Okay. You know, um, so for example, um, here we go. This is this is something different. Now, this is something that could be reskinned into a fireball if you wanted to, but I call it the bail of, dischar- of discharging cloud. This incantation okay. brings into existence a billion expanse of clouds about 30 foot in diameter. It lasts for 1d6 rounds. Each round that it exists, it discharges a lightning strike. All creatures within the embrace suffer six points of damage. Okay. So you could change that. You could say they're... But are you teaching fireflies. people that they can change it? I'm going to put it in there. Okay. It's all going to be part of... That of, part of the, That's all
0: part of the idea. You you talked about in our last show, people always wanted to go to Raw. And I think the problem is uh, Raw. I'm going to be controversial here. Um, Raw is the term that is just as negative as defund the police. It was just the improper use of terms. So Raw really rules as written is about only using rules as they are written. But really what you're asking for is education for your players and GMs to speak a common language. Exactly. So for yours, if you say, this is the idea, this is what it is, it does lightning damage, but you could rephrase this as a fireball, you could reskin it as this. If you give samples of what they reskin, just just half a sentence, nothing big, that makes a big difference because people people start to trigger ideas in their head when they see things. And my, my example of that is all the random tables we used to have for life paths in Cyberpunk. Exactly. You now build that something awesome. that you did not think of before because it starts making people who don't consider themselves creative to be creative. And this is a creative hobby. The goal is to be creative in this hobby. So that's good that you're you're adding that and then like giving them bite-sized pieces of how they can turn it into something else.
1: Right. What how are mean, you doing utility
0: magic then? Uh, like uh, Tensor's okay, floating cool. disk if I was being 5e about it. Or... You know, oh, you know,
1: all how about stuff. this? I, I have uh, ancient blessing of the berserker. Okay. When this, when this spell is cast, the recipient receives an asset on intellect, speed, or might defense for one minute. Just pick one. Pick yeah, whatever. Whatever the caster is giving you uh, a bonus, gotcha. things like that. That's that. That's how I I, I put utilities. Hmm. Um, you, you, you know, because it's again, it's cipher. Right, you know, and we're we're talking about fantasy. So fantasy is a step up from your typical, you know, your, your your typical game. If you're talking about playing, uh, cyberpunk, cyberpunk, all that stuff comes into play with your equipment, your gear, your mm-hmm. cyberware.
0: Right, right, right. Exactly. You know, um, you
1: know, or if I'm playing, you know. But if I'm playing, you know, a more modern style game, if I'm playing something that, you know, I'm trying to simulate, you know, a spy craft game, I'm not looking at that magic in in a, in a magical world, you need to make magic utilitarian, but you also need to make it. I don't want it to be that everybody just, you know, is running around throwing, you know, arcs of fire for no damn reason, you know, right. because then then you, then you run into the problem of, uh, you know, the, 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 the wizard tank, <laughs> you know.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to... Eric Frankhouse presents, and today I want to talk about Athantia Dark Times. We are doing a live show like no other. You actually get to interact as the cast of the show. That's right. Playing stream loot cards, you can make Merrifield better, the ghost town that they are rebuilding. We are live every first and third Tuesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. If you want to know more, join the pre-show at 7.10 Central Standard Time. We'd love to have you there. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And better yet, as the GM, I'd love to have you help me kill players. I'm just saying, it's fun being a GM. (laughs) ¶¶ So, well, that would be my next question here before we go into segment four. Like, as you're designing these spells, I mean, obviously you look through 5e and Pathfinder and the classics things were there, I'm assuming. But when you're designing spells, did you make like a a checklist? Did you did you build a template out for like how you want your spells to look before you filled them out? Did you follow the ability stuff in Cypher? How did you build out building spells? Like, because that's something that doesn't exist in Cypher. Abilities exist. Spells do not
1: I have to be honest with you, it was probably a combination. You know, I looked at abilities, I looked at, you know, prime example, you know, that that spell we just talked about, Ancient Mm -hmm. Blessing of the Berserkers. Okay. Asset cards. What do they do?
0: Oh, well look. Take up too much room in my closet.
1: You know, but I'm just saying that 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 would be on it. that could literally be on an asset card. Sure. But I'm a wizard. I'm a wizard, so why can't I just cast that spell? Why do I have to hope i get that card as an asset right so, that's true so so that's what i'm look. i looked at the the magic system mm-hmm. the wizard you know the idea of, of wizardry in that respect you sure. know as how can i build these as asset cards npc cards cypher cards
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: what what how
0: does cypher it's cards stuff that be. cypher already does like you're you want exactly. to like build upon that yeah yeah it makes sense and that's that's literally what it was you know i mean um
1: like i'll give you i'll give you one other one um because i dig you know uh characters you know or or the idea of uh what do you call it um when we played what was it cyberpunk what was it they uh not the street, yeah, street samurai. Yeah, street, street the, sams. Street
0: Sam in in run, and in Cyberpunk and Solos or what Solo, yeah. right. The physical adept. Yeah, yeah. Oh, his ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, you know, I love physical adepts.
1: So you know, I came up with, with stuff that could be reskinned, you know, into that that idea, sure. you know. Yeah. Like uh I have a, a spell here called uh crusading crush. Now, as a typical magical spell you know, the caster of this spell peaks, uh, speaks a resounding battle cry. His voice is amplified and seems to come from everywhere at once, you know. But if I wanted to do that for a uh, street Sammy, you know what? Boom! He can stomp his foot and cause a mini shockwave. Mm-hmm. You know? So so stuff like that. These are all the points I wanted to bring that magic should be flexible and magic should be... Yeah. Um, you know, not only... But in, in, in that flexibility it does not have to be restricted. I mean, it doesn't have to be, it's not over the top, but mm-hmm. you're not restricted, you know? So that's, that's kind of what I did. You you're know? seeing
0: the biggest hurdle you're going to have is teaching people how to reskin. Like I know Cypher talks about it with their, their descriptors, their types in their folk where they're like, yeah, you're a, you're a glaive in Numenera, but really that's a warrior, or really that's a fighter, or really that's a boxer. You, are, you re-flavor your type the way you want, but they don't actually teach you that well for it. I think with this magic thing, you're going to have to go into teaching people how to reskin. I think that is a... It's a tool, though, that people don't have because other games have not taught it. Cypher's dabbled. They put their toe in the water, but I think for this... For them to reskin that electrical storm into a fireball, you're really gonna have to teach people to reskin. The only people who actually know how to reskin, I'm gonna be honest, are people who played Hero System.
1: <laughs> I played lots of that.
0: You know <laughs> how to skin, you know how to skin a shotgun blast into it a plant shooting needles out of its mouth. Like you learn to reskin. That was a different rules as written. There's nothing like hero system for rules as written. And, and that, that would bring me into this next piece. So you're going to have to play test this eventually. Oh yeah. And get into it. Is there any questions for the audience that listen to EFP and the people who are going to hear this down the line that you would want feedback on in magic? Is there anything you want to know or have a um, a feedback from the audience on that you don't have yet?
1: Well, the biggest thing, you know, this was designed with just a lot of people nitpicking. Yeah. You know. I'm one of them. Well, no. Actually, we had some good conversations. Sure, so, of course. <laughs> so my thing is from the EFP audience, you know, is there some portion of magic that I'm missing? Some ideology yeah. or some some parameter that I might be missing that I might need to plug in to make this happen? You know, or you know, so if anybody has any feedback on that, you know, that would be awesome. You know, is there something that you'd like to see magic do that I'm missing because just right. so everybody knows my, my thought process here that this document is going to, you know, feed the Vancian spellcaster idea. It's sure. going to feed those people who want to deal with sword and sorcery, you know, mm-hmm. true magic at a cost. This is going to deal with people who want to build the physical adepts and so on and so forth. There's also going to be a list of spells, um, most of my documents always have sidebars. I use the sidebar concept that Monty Cook uses. That's yep. where the teaching, Great teaching elements. That's where the teaching elements are going to be for reskins. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in sidebars. I'm not going to go over every single spell, but on every page of spells, there will be at least one spell reskinned as something else. That way, you see how it's done to start getting your brain in that that position. So. EFP people, you know, let me know if there's something I'm missing. If there's something else that I need to add in
0: and, you know, I'm all over. It. So I would say for me as a designer, the two things I would say is uh, when you categorize your spells between combat, utility, the elements, however you break it down. Give a description of the beginning on how to e- reflavor anything in that category. Two. I would love to see the same things that Sean K. Reynolds did in his horror book, where you add a mechanics into the game that make you go, yeah, that makes magic feel special in my game. Those little bits, those little things that he did, the cards at the end of the book to help with plot twists and things like that. I think that'd be really cool. And and I think where that falls into is magic and different set pieces. Fantasy is where it comes from, but we just got done talking about in game bite section. Magic uh, in uh, superheroes and a magic in a magic fantasy setting. I would love to see how you handle it in like a modern setting with the new books that are coming out with MCG, and having a section that gives you those little mechanics similar to horror. First time a one is a failure, but you can still succeed. And then it goes a two, and then it goes a three, then it goes a four. As you do your horror mechanics, I would love to see a magic mechanic like that that you could bring into your games. Something that really unifies it all. EFP people, you know, the routine anchor is free. You can either call into the show from the anchor.fm app on your iPhone, your Android, or you can go to the website, which you're already listening to us. The link is down below. And with that, we get into what is probably my favorite section, which is the multi-shot and rapid fires. I do them a little different. I assume that with my rapid fire questions, you're going to get hit with each bullet and (laughs) each bullet builds on the last one. So we're going to start this off. They're rapid fire. You can do one word answers. You can do a short sentence answer. They're not made to be long form. I think every show has these, but I think you're going to find these to be um, a trap. In the words of Star Wars. <laughs> we talked about all superheroes today. A lot of superhero stuff. You and I have talked a lot off air about superheroes. we got a deep, deep-seated passion for, for the panels of comic books. I know Modern you have... Mythology yes and i know you have a favorite superhero what is it silver surfer all right silver surfer and then this is where it starts getting tricksy silver surfer has went through a lot of shit man he's through a lot of renditions he's went through a lot of i mean he was literally a slave to galactus for many years would you be silver surfer if you could hell yeah you give up your life and be silver surfer go through the whole thing you know, yes, that's the one hero
1: that has the truest heroic art. It's a tragic it's, it's a tragedy, but it's a story of pure triumph. and to be able to give up, give of give oneself for the noblest cause,
0: love, of course. Yeah, in the end and that's what? what it was. that's true. That's true. It's
1: it's the surfer, man. I mean, I have studied the silver surfer, trust me.
0: (laughs) So, today we also did a little trashing of Vancey and Magic. We 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 like it and we hate it. We love it, we don't want it. Basically, I think we both want to see a new version of magic. I'm a big fan of uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, how magic is used in that. But that is a visual magic. It doesn't really work on paper as well. Your People can describe it. It works well. But and magic has been around since first edition. We grew up in the Tomb of Horrors. We grew up in Barovia. If you could have one Vancey and magic spell, what would it be? Hmm. I've never had the same answer on this either. Because <laughs> everyone's like, "It's teleport." The no, the
1: one spell that I would want, but it's it negates itself because it's just truly a utility utilitarian spell for more magic. And if I'd only had one spell, I couldn't take that spell. So, <laughs> uh, well, what is it? That that spell was Rarity's nemotic Enhancer. You probably don't Aww. even remember that spell. Uh-huh. Why don't you tell people what that yeah. does? Because that doesn't even exist anymore. I know. Rary's Mnemonic Enhancer was a spell that a lot, once you cast it, it actually replenished lower level spell slots. <laughs> so it was, it, it, it was a bad, it was really a badass spell. That's how you got Magic Missile back. Yeah. You know, because Magic Missile used to be a spell and not a cantrip. So if I were to take a spell, hmm.
0: See that? It, see that would be. T- it really depend on a day of the week. With me. Doesn't matter, man. Guy have one. I tell you what, mine would be. I would have. Well, I would be b- disc, and I'd open a moving company.
1: That would be. That would be. <laughs> be free rich, awesome. and I'd go
0: buy other spells.
1: Well, you know what? If that's the case, I would be rich. I'd, I'd be rich too. I'd actually create dimension door. Take dimension door. You know, because dimension door, then I open up a travel agency. You know. <laughs> I will put I will put you know airlines out of business. But
0: well, you can only go like five hundred feet with that.
1: Uh no, not the, no. The original dimension oh, door. Oh,
0: oh. You want first edition dimension door?
1: Yes, I want first edition. I want the one that I can send you wherever the hell you are on the planet. Yeah, uh-huh. you know. I'm well, gonna go to Fiji. Hold on, let me let me set up your, <laughs> your hotel. Dean Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me let me set up your hotel. You walk, look, come to your house. You got your suitcases. You walk through the dimension door, right into the front lobby of a hotel. Boom. When you're ready to come home,
0: you know, give me a call. <laughs> That's that would be hilarious. Here's your Hawaiian shirt. Tell Jerry yeah. I said hi. Um, and the last one for rapid fire, and and this one has been pretty good. I've asked this on a couple shows, but has GMing made you a better person? Not player not tabletop specifically no. gming absolutely and there's maybe a better
1: person because it's taught me patience um how to deal with shit bird personalities without choking his shit out of people yeah um, yeah 20 years it's taught me how, it's taught me tolerance um yeah you know gming is it You know, and and the other thing is, is it's similar to kids. Yeah, (laughs) you know, I have those too. But and the the reality was, I GM'd for my children, which made me a much better parent. Oh, okay. You know, you know, it made me a better parent because I was able to direct and educate and nurture. You know, and not realize I was doing it. (laughs) You know. My, my my kids are all avid readers, um, you know, and I have seven children, you know, which a lot of people don't know. You know, they range from thirty-one to fifteen. Jesus, but, but they're 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 readers. They're avid readers. They're all honor roll students and dean list students. Uh, they are, you know, well rounded. Mm. They're secure in themselves. They have they have great social skills. You know, um, and it's given me that ability even to look at things when I'm in a situation, you know, in various situations to quickly extrapolate multiple outcomes and multiple ways to approach it.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, man. Jamming has made me a better person. I think, I think the big one out of that was patience and tolerancy for me. Uh, working conventions, I learned a lot that everyone is different. Uh, I was just on another show and I talked about very similar things that you think your group is the right group until you play with other groups and realize there's other ways to play. And being Mm -hmm. a GM taught me to enjoy more things in gaming from the beer and pretzel game to the downright and serious. So uh, that's amazing. And uh, you and I talk all the time. I feel like we never have enough airtime when we're on together. We always talk. We've been like an hour and 30 minutes now. We've been chatting about all the things that we love. And uh, we're going to stay on afterwards and and do some bumpers. But I, I just wanted to thank you for coming on the show. And like I told Anthony Spiggs from Cypher as well, you guys are family to me. Having you guys on and me being on your shows all the time to me is that home away from home. It gives me that ability to talk and not have to worry about being judged because maybe I make a misstep. There's no issues in that kind of a thing. And we all get along, even if we don't agree. You know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at you, Al. You got to watch Star Wars, buddy. Uh, and that, that part to me is why I game, why I do this podcast, why I'm friends with people like the trio from Cypher Unlimited. Um, and then I close the show out every time. And this is one of those ones you can say yes or no. Do you have any questions for me? I've been on your show a ton of times. We've been talking for ages. Do you have any questions for me to close out this show? You know what?
1: The biggest, the biggest, the only question for me to you is, uh,
0: do you ever plan on not being an asshole? No, because this world is full of softies. And if there's not an asshole to keep them in line, where's the shit going to go? I just needed. I just needed to know.
1: No, I mean, you know why? I, the reason why I asked you that question, Eric, is because you know, sometimes it's lonely. Yeah, it's lonely in this world. Because you already know. You already know. I ha- I don't pull. The, just for you people out there in the interwebs, if you're gonna come over, come over to Safe Front Limited, hang out with us. You know, and you'll know that. Notice that I'm the one that you know. The other two, my 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 two partners, always have to tell me. They, they lock me in, you know, they keep me in the room with no windows. And don't let me get to the keyboard because I'm the one who will let people have it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're the, you're the cannon they fire when it's needed to resound. Um, so we're, we're going to close out the show here. Um, I, I will do my normal closing stick, but before I do that, anything you want to promote or pimp before we leave today, I know you got a lot of stuff going on. You got picked up as a writer and a big project around Monty cook games, revitalizing. One of the things that I know we loved, as Monty was doing all of the the stuff that he's done. So what do you got to pimp out right now?
1: Well, um, I do have a few products over on Drive through RPG. You know, I have Heroic Essentials, which is a superhero supplement mm-hmm. that came out when Unmasked came out. Um, there's a couple of little revisions. I also have a horror remix, you know, that came out shortly after we had Sean on, after uh Stay Alive came out. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, Umbral Earth. Um and uh you know i've got this project that i'm working on but as you know you did mention i'm working on the diamond throne um got picked up That's by big. those guys which is pretty awesome uh yeah you know get to rub elbows with people like rob schwab and ed greenwood uh, you know with, oh. uh, rob shop is oh, amazing
0: boy, i love
1: rob well we want to have rob on the, the show, ugly face
0: so.
1: so well rob you know I'm, I'm throwing it out there hope you listen to eric so we want you on the show in the worst way. Come on, hang out with us. Um, this exists for him. And, nice. And uh, as far as anything else that's going to... Oh, I, well, I am doing a couple of little bits. They, uh, the Diamond Throne people, I have, guess, have something going on with Rob Schwab for Shadows of the Demon Lord. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be creating um, a couple of uh, monsters, and I think I'm gonna also make a faction. For our shadows of the
0: demon lord we should talk you know? man that's my, my second favorite system of all time
1: well we, we can definitely talk but i'll tell everybody out there uh the name of the creature it's called the Inherit. they're called the inheritors so uh yeah it something nasty i don't think you want to deal that with that, my that that's amazing yeah
0: that's amazing
1: so that's about all i got for you guys out there but you know eric thank you for having me on your show Of course, it's, been, yeah. it's been a pleasure of and course. i'm you know, you ever want me to come back on and we can I you know, a run a trio we're right. gonna
0: do a we'll do a we'll do a Twitch stream with a trio. I got something special lined up for that one. I'm not gonna say it here, but I got something special for the trio. Um it's gonna be a little bit of uh head to head competition to <laughs> yeah. make it fun. And I actually think Al might win. He might.
1: Well Al and I'm gonna say this to you, I hope you listen to this too, Al. You have a whole lot more to offer than you think you are, yes, dude. You know, it, it's something about being the the new kid on the block. You you've got a special place and an insight that us
0: old dogs miss someday. Yep, so. yep. Uh, it's a, it's yeah. that true honesty that he brings. Yep. So, um, where can I find you? What is your name? Is it Alpha Dean everywhere? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that jazz. Yeah, Alpha Dean
1: or Alpha Dean, uh, Alpha Dean M. Lewis. Sometimes it'll show up as that, but Twitter, it's Alpha Dean. Uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all of those places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm starting to become much more active on social media. Cypher Unlimited. God, oh, and there's also there's also on Facebook, come over, hang out with me. I do have a Facebook page called Sovereign Sentinels of Geekdom. And, I'll put the link in the show know, notes. Yeah, and that, that space is where we talk about everything geek-related. You know, it's also... Uh, a place for you to come as a creator or creative, you can promote your stuff there and nice. everything else, you know, just don't put Ray-Ban glasses and that kind of cr- that trash. But well, if I it's, guess I won't be there. If it's geek. no, no, you can wear Gray-Bans. Just, you know, don't be trying to sell them on my, on my page. <laughs> sell geek stuff. If it's geek related, you got dice, you got, you got products, you know, you got things related to the, to this genre, whether it's a, a movie, you know, if you just want to talk about movies, come mm-hmm. on over. That's what I do there.
0: Awesome, dude. Awesome. So I will put the links in the show notes for all things Cypher. If you are not in their Discord, join their Discord. You're hitting almost the 4,000 mark. I think 4,000, Anthony has to run through the New York streets naked. I'm just saying I think that's what should have to happen. Maybe (laughs) not. I know Anthony would root for that. Uh, um, Maybe not. But (laughs) I think it would be super funny for him to do that. Anthony might go for it, but his wife would kill him. Eh, She doesn't have to know. She doesn't have to hold the camera. That's what we're for. So I would love to see more people over there and for the closing for the show, as always, everybody, thank you for joining us. This is one of those long form uh, formats that I love doing. I love talking to my friends in the industry, people that have just been doing it right and making it better. And as we make mistakes, traveling forward and, and making better decisions in the long haul, we've been gaming for a long time between Dean and I. Uh, are, I think us added together are probably older than your grandparents, and uh, we've been gaming most of of those years. So you can find me on anything that's Eric Frankhouse presents. Do not forget Athontia Dark Tides. We are live every Tuesday on the first Tuesday, and third Tuesday of the month, 7 30 p.m. CST, 7 10 for our pre show. And the following Fridays, we do Merrifield, where we rebuild the ghost town that our players are trying to survive in. There wasn't enough of you last week, and I almost killed the party. It was pretty bad. <laughs> oh.
1: I did forget. I'm sorry. We do do the Twitch show every Wednesday night. Normally 99% 99, 99 Cypher related. You know, sometimes we'll end up talking to somebody else, but we'd love to talk to people in industry. It's always Cypher related. Uh, We're going to start doing some actual plays and things like that. Look for uh, some podcasts getting ready to come up. Some stuff is in the works there too. But uh, yeah, come over to Twitch and then our YouTube channel re-shows our Twitch shows Mm -hmm. the, the following day. By 10 a.m. We have a nice little catalog there. So join our YouTube as well. And thank you, everybody.
0: Yeah, for sure. Cypher is great. I've been on their show. I was just on for the naughty or nice throwing coals at people. Um, and this is going to, this drops every Wednesday. I think our podcast show is going to switch to Thursdays because I have something special. And by the time you hear this, it may or may not be out, but we are doing a cyberpunk <laughs> actual play on Wednesday nights. I can't announce the cast. I can't say anything yet, but we have three cast members and a guest star every show. We're going to have a mission building show on Sundays. The live show will be on Wednesdays. Come help me kill the band of Fenris. That is what we're doing right now. They are a traveling band in cyberpunk night city. And every guest we pick up, we go to their hometown and we play a show there and we do jobs against the corporations. It's going to be a riot and we're making it tight. It is within two hours, but that's it from me today. Dean, thank you for being on the show. I, uh, I don't know what to say, man. It's awesome having you around. I'm glad we met too many late nights of talking, my friend. What a blast interviewing Alpha Dean. I hope you guys enjoyed this. It was one of our long form interviews. If you're looking to pick up this product, it will be in the show notes. As for myself, you can find me on every first and third Tuesday of the month at Eric Frankhouse presents running a dark tides. And then the second, third and fourth Monday of the month over on Norse foundry doing our version of cyberpunk 2077 actual play Fenrir rising. That's it for me, everybody. Looking forward to doing our short form one next week. I hope you enjoyed this. And as always, watch, listen, learn, be a better gamer.